G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by the wonderful Regold. Good morning, Re. And good morning to you, Stacey. I was just saying... How's it going? Oh, how's it going? I was just saying to you off air, uh, we're having one of those mornings in our house and we do record these podcasts on my morning and Ree's afternoon um, because that's when the time the time works. But it always means that Ree is feeling relaxed. He's had a whole day. He's got, you know, he's got some stuff done. I love that you call it relaxed <laughs> instead of exhausted. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. I'm a glass half full kind of girl. and Oh, so perfect. <laughs> and you get me like absolute chaos because I've just tried to get the kids break like get them up get their breakfast get them dressed for school and that whole like I said to read it's like the hunger games in my house this morning everyone's at each other's throats <laughs> nobody's listening to me so I just kind of closed the door I came into my office and closed the door and I was Lock like yourself in the room yeah. and let that let, let whatever happens happen outside exactly so that's that's happening out there but no um all is well in my world Ree. really really well actually um I we are heading towards our recital so we are heading towards our re-registration we are heading towards um my schedule is done for next year which is exciting um, and yeah, all we're, we're like ready to wrap stuff up. And I know on your side of the world, it's the complete opposite where, you know, just getting our teeth sunk into what is a brand new season. It is a brand new season and, uh, you can feel the excitement in the air. Last week I went to Weissman costume show. It was a blast, but you could... Because it was earlier than it normally is, so mm-hmm. people haven't been back so long. You could feel this sense of excitement, new year, new thinking, new yeah. costume. <laughs> yeah, I love this time of the year. Awesome. Today, we thought we would talk about something that I heard a lot of over the summer, reheard a lot of over the summer, and that we both, in our different roles, you know, coach and educate studio owners on all the time. But we thought we'd make it into a Rees rant episode because it's starting to really get on our nerves how studio owners are the first people to say, you know, I just run a dance studio or I'm just a dance teacher, not taking credit for the incredible work that they're doing in their community, not taking credit for being um the the founder of this empire that they're building not not being able to step into the ceo shoes of their studio what do you find re that that makes you rant more than anything when we talk about this topic uh, the confidence of studio owners i've been talking about that for a long time and i look at it 
I think a little bit differently because I grew up with a mom who was a dance teacher and she had confidence in the classroom as a teacher and educator, but she didn't necessarily have the confidence to, how do I want to say this? To, to stand up for her profession. Mm. Lots of people in those days thought it was a, a nice hobby. They thought you um, probably have some sort of a real job because teaching dance or owning a studio is not that real job. And I look at it like this, because I'm, I'm looking in retrospect. Looking at it that way, I think it was uh, a woman business owner trying to prove herself, but not having the confidence to do it, to really believe in what they were doing. But I know where I was going with that retrospect thing. The number of people whether dance teachers, studio owners, performers, doctors, lawyers, that I look back and still know through social media and other places like that, that my mother taught, mm -hmm. consistently talk about the impact that she had on them. They don't, they don't ever talk about what a great dancer they were. Yeah. They, they talk about the woman business owner who influenced them to be strong women. Now, my mother didn't know that. Mm. And I'm not sure that a lot of studio owners know that or realize that about themselves. It's like, I know when I say this, I sound corny. We're in the greatest profession in the world because... We can take children, the next generation, bring them into the room and let them lose themselves in the music, the movement. And we have the opportunity to do that with them. Mm -hmm. If we look at our role as impacting kids in a positive way every time that they enter our studio, we should have the confidence to say, I love what I do, and this is why I do it. Yeah. It's to me, I don't uh, want to continue that cycle. I, I guess it's funny because I'm thinking my mother was that not secure dance studio owner, and she inspired me to to encourage other women to not be that person. Yeah. And what an incredible legacy that she's left that she didn't know. As you said, that wasn't her primary focus to build strong women, but she did have this impact. And now in addition to that, she also has you spreading the word and reminding people how important it is what we do every day. Yes. But I think and the value so of it. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this real fast. Uh, Fifty years celebration for the dance studio. My mother at that time had been gone twenty years. She passed when she was only fifty nine years old. Wow. We hit the 50th anniversary and my mother's first, very first student who was our next door neighbor sent a video to the 50th anniversary. Uh, we just said, talk about what it was like being that first student. And so that's 1964 that we're talking, 63, 64 year. Yeah. And she said nothing other than the most important thing, which is in those days, women didn't have a business. What I learned from Sherry Gold was that women could do what men could do. And as I'm watching this video, I'm thinking my mother would have loved that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the impression especially to young girls and boys, because I'm inspired by the strong women, but especially for young girls to look up to and have mentors like dance studio owners. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? Yeah. It, it's, it's a gift. You talk all the time, Ray, about we're mentors, we're leaders, we're teachers. And that mentoring part of it, I take really seriously because there's we can't be what we can't see. And for me growing up, I didn't get to see women who were happily stepping into their role of entrepreneurship and running a business without feeling guilty about not spending time with their family. So I grew up thinking that you had to do one or the other. You couldn't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important for me that I show my students the messy side of what that looks like. Yes, I can run a business and sometimes I'm going to have to teach a ballet class with a baby on my hip, but it's all going to be okay. And at the end of the day, I can have a great family that I spend quality time with and I can have a very successful business and those two things can coexist and so I don't shy away I think in the early days when I first had Lucinda I used to kind of shy away from that kind of stuff I used to kind of think oh I can't have the baby at the studio oh I can't miss that competition because I'm with the baby and now it's completely different now it's like no the kids get to see me with the kids the kids get to see me miss important stuff because Patrick's got a basketball game or Lucinda's got swimming lessons. And I I make a point of saying that verbally and saying to them, you know, last week, guys, I, I prioritized you. We had a big rehearsal. I was with you all day Sunday. This weekend coming up, you're going to be at the competition. You're going to be with your company director. You're going to be in good hands, but I'm going to be with the kids because it's Patrick's birthday. And I say those words out loud so they understand, hey, Miss Stacey's really juggling all of these things, but it's okay to be able to do both and it's okay to be able to prioritize each of them in different ways. And I didn't see that when I was growing up. So I don't know that it existed when you were growing up. I have a philosophy because I've I've seen 50 years or more of life, definitely more, but 50 (laughs) years of being aware. Yeah. I think 
years ago, a woman in business had to prove she was as strong as a man. Mm -hmm. You may have heard me say this before. So therefore, you talk about making your child a priority. It's his birthday on Sunday. So therefore, you're not going to the dance competition. There was a time where people would say, okay, we're not celebrating his birthday on that day because I have to go to a dance competition mm -hmm. or I never saw my child's basketball game because it was Thursday nights and those are my advanced kids and those parents would be mad mm -hmm. if I wasn't there teaching the, their children. There was a point to prove. Yeah. Here we are in 2023, and there are so many remarkable women out there who are able to do it all. And like you said, showing young people that you can be successful, can have a family, and uh, be a, a leader and and balance your life in a way where you set it up so that you're a happy person with no guilt when it comes to your family because you've learned how to give and take. Mm -hmm. I don't know about no guilt when it comes to my family, but but a lot less than there there was before, right? And a lot less than oh. the generation before me because I, like when I think about how riddled with guilt my ballet teacher was and still is, to tell you the truth, she still talks about how she prioritised us as her students and not her boys. Um, and that breaks my heart when she talks about it because you can see it, it eats her up inside. But it's interesting, Ray, that, you know, there is this, there is this sense of I'm running my business, but it's not, you know, it, it's not as professional or it's not as important or it's, it's not as um, legitimate as, you know, the accountant in town or the, 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 the takeaway store or insert any other business name here. I talk to dance studio owners all the time that just, they, they know on a, like intellectual level that they're making a difference and that they're doing something that's important. But when it comes to prioritizing either, you know, the wage that they're taking home from the business or their ambition to make a profit in the business, they really shy away from those things because for some reason for them, their business, they're uncomfortable stepping into that CEO role in their business. They're uncomfortable making their business a success because I don't know why. Well, again, it's confidence, but this is what I'll say loud and clear in a rant. Studio owners, you have the right to make a living and you have the right to make a good living. You have a right to go on vacation with your kids, just like all the other students in your school get to do with their families. You deserve the results of your hard work. And 
I don't know that the accountant is more valuable because the accountant is doing numbers and doing a task that we all need. But people aren't going to, I know that sounds funny, but the people aren't going to remember their accountant for the next 50 years. (laughs) (laughs) And what words of wisdom their accountant Mm. told them. But your students will. And these people, whether you teach adults or whatever, you have such an impact. So if you're comparing yourself to other business owners, um, I actually think you might be a cut above some of them if you actually thought about it. If in life, success is about making an impact. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that there are other businesses out there that are not as as proficient in doing that as you are as a studio owner. Hundred percent. I wish I could. I I wish I could get everybody to have that confidence. It's to me, it pulls the field down a little when the people who are active in the fields have a hard time believing that they deserve success mm. or that I'm, I'm, I'm passing on this art form, which is how I look at it, this ancient art form. And because I'm doing that, maybe that's my, my gift to the world. So therefore, I'm still driving the same car I was driving 10 years ago. I never do anything extra for my family because my studio is just making it. Mm -hmm. My glory or my happiness may come from weekends at a dance competition or something like that. But even if you're successful at that dance competition, if you come home on Monday, And you can't afford to take your family out to dinner after you've had a weekend success. There's something about that picture that isn't right. Mm. And it's okay for us to prioritize the business. It's okay for us to prioritize making money in the business. I think sometimes because it's our passion, it's our it's the thing that we love, Re, we have a really hard time putting a value on it. And we want to make it as accessible as possible. And I totally understand that. But I run into a lot of studio owners that I'm coaching that are underselling themselves, whose prices are not where they need to be in order for the business to be profitable. And they put it down to, oh, well, I just, you know, if I made it any higher, everyone wouldn't be able to come. Absolutely not. The price of milk goes up and people still buy milk. If people are prioritizing their child's dance education, they're going to pay the money and if you feel bad about accessibility then start a scholarship program start a foundation there are ways to be able to be generous with your time and with um, what you have in building this studio but it doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of your family it doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of your um, 401k of your retirement like it's I think there's there's a stigma out there that um, because we do what we love, we can't really earn good money from it. And I, I love that you think that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it is ridiculous. But here goes something. You you tell me your opinion. 
sometimes I wonder if it's the parents of the children that we teach who sometimes make us feel inadequate because they themselves don't necessarily take what we're doing seriously. Mm. They don't think of teaching dance as the same thing, uh, possibly, as their nine to five commitment to making a living. That they hate, yep. Yeah, <laughs> or, or exactly, <laughs> that they hate. That was it, that's it. So, so you have a right to make a living if you hate your job because it's a legitimate job. Right? And you don't have a right to make a living when you have a passion for what it is that you're doing. Now, that does not make sense if we really think about it. Yeah. And sometimes we're so afraid of what Mrs. Jones is going to say about the new car or the vacation or the, you know, the, the price going up that we we put her opinions ahead of our own well-being, ahead of our own success. Oh, and and this is what I say. You finally bought that car after 10 years and some mom has something to say. You, She says, wow, I, you must be doing well. I see your new car parked out front. And here's my response. Wow, I'm so glad you noticed my new car. So obviously, you know that I've been driving a shitbox for the last 10 years. <laughs> and your excitement for me having purchased this car means so much to me. Thank you. Beautiful. Or I love that you've noticed my new car. Um, I bought it for myself as a reward for how hard I've been working. And I'm, yes. glad, and I'm glad you noticed. And so you reverse it. You know it might be said. You know it might be coming. But you also know that it's coming from people who want aren't a new as car. happy as, yeah, <laughs> they want a new car. You look like you're having more fun in this life than they do. Yeah. You you work from four o'clock in the afternoon on. They they think you're just, you know, sitting in the sun during the day. They <laughs> they don't get the 24 hour, the costume orders, the calls to the parents who payment didn't go through, mm -hmm. the recitals. It's they don't have any idea. So if you know that those comments or remarks are coming from people who know nothing about dance and nothing about the career that you chose, why would we let those comments bother us? Mic drop. That's it. That's it in a nutshell, right? And what does that take you back to? The thing I said the very first minute that we started this conversation, confidence. Oh, yeah. Really believing in who you are and what you bring to this world, recognizing it, not feeling weird because you recognize it, and that being your motivation for building a business 
that you feel comfortable in, that you're making a decent living in, that sets you up for the future because of all the time you are dedicating. Like, like you, you take care of yourself as much as you would your students mm -hmm. through this process. The one thing that we all must remember is once you've experienced longevity in this business, no kid stays with you for 50 years. No family is around for 50 years, but you will be there mm -hmm. all 50 years. The amount of time and effort that you have put into building your dream business, you deserve to be happy. You deserve a future that, I don't know, where you feel comfortable and confident enough to take Thursday night off. Hear this. If it is your advanced kids and your son or your daughter, whatever, has a basketball game or an event on Thursday night and you haven't gone and you say, well, I don't know what the parents will think if I go to the basketball game instead of teach class, know that this is a fact. Your kids will be happy that they have someone else to teach them mm -hmm. on that Thursday night. They'll probably get in the car and tell their mom how much of a good time they had. And you worried about it. Yeah. You worried about it. And one day, your kids, I, wait, I'm going to say this because I talked this morning, there was a seminar. Uh, it's called CEO. Mm. And so it's for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs over four weeks talking about their style of business and building it, female entrepreneurs. So one of the topics that came up today, her name is Vicki Wallace. She gets to the end of her seminar and she said, you know, Re asked me to talk about balancing your family with the business. And I told him that I didn't do a good job and that I'm not sure I should do that. But I said to her, even if you feel like you didn't do a good job, tell us what wasn't good about the job you did, etc. So she went to her two daughters that are grown. And so what was it like growing up in the studio with a dance teacher, dance studio owner, mom? Now, she felt guilty for 30 years mm -hmm. before she asked her kids to do this. A real guilt. And her kids wrote down about how special it was to grow up with a mom who was like her. But she never asked him. Yeah. She never asked. She took on that guilt because she didn't do what the other moms in the studio were capable of doing with their children. When she finally asked, she realized that she spent 30 years feeling a certain way that she should not have felt. Oh, that's and heavy. I, I agree with it. I, I grew up with the mom who was a dance teacher. And yes, we didn't get to do everything that other kids did, but recital was like Christmas. Mm. Dance competitions and traveling were like holidays. I look back now and I think of how much 
fun, how much thrill there was in a life growing up in the position I was in. It's, it's a special thing. So for everybody out there who feels guilty about going and doing with your kids, let it go. Let it go. Chances are you will discover in some time that you really did do a good job. It might not have been the same as your friends or other people in your own family. They parented different. Mm -hmm. Their circumstances were different. But it doesn't mean how you did it wasn't right. In some ways, the lessons that a working mom in any profession teach their kids is more valuable than the stay-at-home all-day-long mom. Not to say there's anything wrong with that if that is your desire in life. I'm a big women's advocate. I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to break into song. I thought we were going to get a musical number from you. When you no, started saying, no. let it go. I, I am woman, <laughs> hear me roar. All that, okay. <laughs> uh, this is something that's very dear to my heart because I think it makes all the difference in our success, not only in business, but in our personal lives. And I think we need to be careful about the language we use and the way we talk about it. I know when I'm looking to make a mindset shift of my own, the first thing I need to do is to stop using words that that play into that. I'll give you an example. When um, my cousin, I have a cousin who lives in Darwin, which is at the top of Australia. We don't see each other very often, but I love her dearly. She came down to visit when I had Lucinda as a toddler and I was pregnant with Patrick. And I... We, we, we hung out a couple of times over a, a few days and I think on the third day I said oh gosh yeah I didn't I didn't bring I didn't bring the sunscreen mum of the year and she said you I'm going to stop you right there because I've been hanging out with you for three days now and you've said that about yourself talking yourself down sarcastically saying Ooh. oh you're the mum of the year you've said it at least 10 times and I was like, what? And she said, you are down on yourself out loud about your mothering so much that I'm sick of hearing about it. And I was like, oh, I had no idea I was doing it. But putting those words out into the universe, saying over and over again, oh, I'm a terrible mom. Oh, I forgot the sunscreen. Oh, here I go again. I didn't do this. Oh, I'm awful. It took her reflecting it back to me that I was doing it to even notice that I was doing it. It, become, it had become such a part of the language that I was using that I guess I started to believe it. And so her pointing it out to me, I was like, okay, that's it. And that's like, um, this is the last time I'm saying it. And every time I went to catch myself saying something negative, and I was like, I was doing it in a sarcastic way. I think I, like I was joking. I was trying to cover up for the fact that I was drowning. <laughs> As you, as you are when you've got a toddler and you're pregnant with another one. And as soon as I stopped using that language out there in the universe, I started to feel a whole lot better about myself. Yes, I still had those moments where I was like, oh, gosh, I could have done that better. 
but I wasn't perpetuating it by putting it out into the universe over and over again. So I think um, in the case of, wow. of this confidence, re, the more times we say, you know, I'm not worthy of getting a new car or you know, a new car is for other people or, um, you know, I don't run a, a real business. I'm, I'm just a dance studio owner. The more that we, we say that and we put that out into the universe, I think it, it perpetuates and, it, and it's a cycle. So I encourage you, if, if anything we've said today has really resonated with you, start to be conscious of the language you're using out there into the world. If Mrs. Jones comes in and wants to have a go about your brand new nails or your brand new car or, or whatever it is, stand in that confidence, stand in that, I, des- I deserve this, I work really hard and I deserve this um, because you do. And the more you say that out loud and the more you say that to the people around you, the more you'll start to believe it yourself and the easier it will become. Wow, that was really good, Stacey. <laughs> and it was, it was a good good thought and good food for thought. I'll add one more thing to that. When someone says to you, the studio owner, good job, say thank you. Don't say, oh, you didn't notice this. Mm. Somebody says you're... I love the costumes for this class. And you go, oh, if you only knew how hard this one was to do. Mm. Stop for a minute and just look and know that they intended to make you smile and that you deserve it. Don't make the choice not to believe what they're saying. And you kind of like say, oh, well, you thought that was good. Here's what's wrong with what I did. Be able to look at someone and say, thank you. I have to say, I had to learn how to do that. But I became a more confident person after, because it's a conscious decision. We don't know we're doing it. Like you said, I didn't know that I said, oh, great mother I am. You didn't know it. No. It's a conscious decision to say, I'm just going to say thank you. Mm -hmm. That means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Because on the other side of that spectrum, if someone came up to you, and I use this a lot, but it works in this circumstance. If 80 people came up and said, great show at your recital, and one says bad show, whatever it was they didn't like, we tend to go home believing the one who said bad show and not the other 80 people who said awesome show. Mm -hmm. That's in our minds. That's us having the ability to say one out of 80 isn't bad. Yep. And she's grouchy all the time. (laughs) She is the person I was thinking of. Who didn't like my show in 2012? I <laughs> see you remember the year. I remember you the year. Re- I remember where I was What standing. was her name, Stacey? I, I'm not going to say because she, oh, moved, okay. she, she moved away. This is the thing, Ree. I still think about the comment. Um, we, put on, we put on a production of Act 3 of Sleeping Beauty, Aurora's Wedding. It was a massive taking. Like, it was huge. We had principal artists and fairies and 
the sets and the like it was massive i and- have no doubt it was not an over-the-top event i'm sure <laughs> right you were it was wonderful and she came backstage she came to find me backstage to bag it and then she moved away and she took her very talented child um to the other end of the country and just recently I saw her. She's moved home to town. Her children have grown up. She has remarried someone else and has a small child with this new person. I saw her at the theatre. I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. She's still grumpy. Um, and, <laughs> and I thought, wow, I've held on to that comment. And she's gone and had a whole new life, Re. A whole new life. <laughs> She's moved to a different town. She's met a different person. She's got a different everything. And I'm still going, God, that witch <laughs> said that go. one thing to me in 2012. So, yes, I'm going to take a bit of that advice today. Thanks, Ray. It's, it's I, I wish I could dig us deeper or dig into it deeper to find out what it is in the recesses of our minds. Because it's not just dance people. Like if someone says to another person, your hair looks good, they go, you don't think it's too short? It's it's something about us in this time of life or this time of the world. Your where... hair does look good, Ray. Oh, thank you, Stacey. See? You practice what you preach. <laughs> you don't think it looks a little wild or that it's a little long? No. You got the you got the answer right the first time. You're you're so right. So if you're out there in the world, take on those compliments. Know that what you're doing is making a massive impact. You know, draw that success, that idea of success for your business on the impact that you're making, not on what Mrs. Jones has to say about what you're doing, either this year or back in twenty twelve. And take that confidence into your studio. If you're driving there right now, if you're folding washing and you're about to to get ready to go to the studio, take it with you. No question what she just said is what I'd like everybody who listened to this podcast to go do. Thank you all for being with us. And I mean it because this whole talk was about it. Enjoy the journey, my friends. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 